Junior's troubles started when he was a kid, and it grew into him fighting demons inside of him that caused him to say one day, I'm going to be free or die. He tried to a couple times to end his life, but to no avail. Then one day he got a hold of a Bible, and his life was changed. He spent 31 years incarcerated and has been out about three. And now he tells as many people as he can, with his wife by his side, about the hope that only Jesus can bring. Come on, let's do a background check on Elmer, a.k.a. Junior Lockett. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome. To Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Gum, and we believe here at Background Check that your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. And it's paying me back all the time. Uh, as always, the show is brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. If you want to know more about what we do, visit us on the web at forgivenfelons.org. We have a couple of transitional houses helping guys get out of prison and stay out, get back on their feet. We got some big plans to expand into kind of a resource center. And, um, you know, if you want to help out with that, go to forgivenfellows.org and, and, and donate. We're looking for a piece of land and a building that we can begin to put classrooms and offices, vocational training, uh, equipment, OSHA equipment, certification, so many things we're going to be doing in this resource center. So if you want to be a part of that, that's exciting. Uh, that's been a, a dream for a long time to help as many people as we can. We've been helping, you know, 10 guys at a time in the houses, but now we want to expand and do bigger things. So man, thank you for tuning in today. Today, if you're listening today is August the 6th and, and we're in Texas, uh, we're in Texas, excuse me. And it's hot. It's hot. Now, it's not as hot as it usually has been, but it's hot. So thank you uh, all for tuning in. Thank you for uh, spreading the word, sharing this podcast with everybody. You know, if you have time, write us a review on Apple, but I'm not really worried about that. I'd rather you take the time to share this podcast with somebody else. And no matter what kind of phone or tablet they have, they can listen to it on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Edify, all all the platforms. They can listen to it on our website. We have the podcast on our website. We also put some pictures of our, our guests and different things, links that you can get more engaged with the guests. So thanks again for spreading the word. Thank you guys that are listening on the inside, you guys and gals that are listening on the inside on your tablets. Uh, we love you. I was sitting right where you are, whether you were in jail or whether you're already in in prison I was sitting right where you are and I'm living proof that miracles still happen that there's hope for your life you haven't done too much that God can't and won't and 
doesn't want to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he still has a hope for you, a plan for you. And uh, it's exciting. So just grab on to grab on to these these uh, messages in the podcast and just hang on to them because they'll give you hope. Speaking of giving hope, today's episode is a guy named Elmer Jr. Lockett. We call him Jr. I met him back in 2009, 2010 at the Win Unit when I would go in with the Mike Barber Ministries. And I've seen him grow. I've seen him grow in the Lord. I've seen him grow into this awesome man of God. He and his wife, Charlene, have their own um, have their own radio show and their own little ministry called God's Army, God's Army's Ministries. And uh, they're they're unbelievable. It's a YouTube, the little YouTube channel. They air the the radio show is live on the first Sunday of every month in Huntsville, and it's um, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. But uh, first Monday, it's fifteen minutes, and they just come on there and they spread the word. They share the word. They give hope. So you don't want to miss that. But he's they're just an amazing couple. They're a kingdom power couple. And I'm excited for you to hear Junior's story. And uh, we're going to talk about so many things. We talk about what was life like growing up for him and all the obstacles he had to overcome, even including the demons inside of him. But he overcame them all through the, through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. I can't wait for you to hear his story. Here it is. Junior Lockett. How's it going, bro? Man... You know, I've only seen you. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. Thank you. For uh, this is me. where this is where we we say your background shouldn't hold you back; it should pay you back. Amen. You know what I mean? I mean, the background has stolen so much of our life, and the Bible says the thief has to pay back what, everything <laughs> seven times, whatever you everything know. That was taken and so, uh, so, so we believe at Background Check Podcast that your background shouldn't hold you back; it should pay you back. And I know for a fact, man, it start paying you back even in prison. Now, now, how long you been out? I've been out for a little more than three years. I got out June 13, 2018. Now, you were on the wind unit a long time, I feel like, because I was, I was going into the wind unit uh, ever since 2009 with Mike Barber. And I went, on, I went every year. Last year, COVID was the first year we didn't go. I didn't get, I didn't get to go. And that's where I met you was on a wind unit. Yeah. How long were you on the wind unit? And when did you first see me? I was on the wind unit from 2009, April 15th of 2000, April 17th of 2009. And I actually seen you the first time that year at the Mike Barber show. And, and, and were you on the wind unit the whole time or? No, I, I was, uh, from then, I went from 2009 to 2018, I was on the win unit. And, uh, but before then, you know, I was kind of a knucklehead, a rascal. I was going where the rides were at, where they felt I opened up all the high securities. Tell me, tell me, so, tell me some of the, uh, the, the units you were on. I was on Beetle One, that we had a ride. They sent me away from there. I was on Ferguson, uh, they opened up McConnell unit, so they sent me. They opened up Connolly unit, so they sent me there. I opened up McConnell unit. I was on uh, Clemens, wow. what the Yonks, what they call a burning hill. Everywhere that it was bad, that's yeah, what they had. Yeah. Me. All right, so let's talk about who you are now. You've been out. You said a couple years. 
Uh, and then you're also married. So yes, let's, let's talk about who you are now, your family. You're living in this beautiful home. Uh, I always see you with a cowboy hat on. You don't have a cowboy hat on today. Uh, <laughs> so I was kind of disappointed. But no. Uh, but just tell us, who, what is what has Junior Lockett done since he's been out? And how has God been in your life since you've been out? What have I done since I've been out? First of all, I've just, you know, just kept my eyes on God. Kept God as the head and kept making sure and always make sure that I give God the first part of my day, the middle part of my day and the end of my day. That way, if I, if I do anything, if I go astray, I can see where I was out of line with God and my heart is towards God and I want to do the right thing. So as I see that, I try to line up with God and as just like a husband, as a husband being married, I never had a wife. Thank my wife, beautiful wife, Charlene, that's her. I never knew her. God sent her into my life after I'd been locked up for almost 13 years. And and from there, we worked it out. I didn't know her, and God blessed me. How long me. ago did you meet her? I met her in February of 2011. Okay, so you've known her that long. How long y'all been married? I, we've been married from July 25th, day after my birthday. Her choice, by the way. By the way, happy birthday, July 24th. You just celebrated that. Yes, sir. And uh, that was last Saturday. So uh, whenever this airs, it'll be, you know, we're, 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 we're recording this right after his birthday. I don't know when it'll air, but uh, but happy birthday, man. All right. How old are you? you? I'm 47 years okay. old, man. How long, how long did you do in prison? I did 31 years all together between okay. the detention center, actual prison. It was 27 years and a few with the detention center, with the boys' homes. Because you went in when you were young. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you met her when? I met her in 2011, February, after a prayer. I heard a guy named Avarista. This, this is the first day I ever talked to you. One of the first, 2010, uh, the Mike Barber event. There's a guy, Alvaristo Garcia, he was talking about how he prayed to God for a, a good Christian woman who could sing. And I went back to my cell. I was in prison. I, like I say, I'd been there for 13 plus years. You know, I wasn't getting visits. I was getting a little money every now and then. And, and, and so I prayed. I wanted something. I, wanted, I always felt that. Nobody loved me. I even got it tattooed on me. No love. Wow. I felt that. I couldn't love nobody. I felt that I wasn't worthy of love, and I felt that nobody could love me. And I knew I couldn't love nobody because I didn't trust nobody. I didn't right. Think every, my mama, you know, I was smoking crack with her. So as a mom, I felt let down. My dad, he was in prison from early stage. And wow. He was there for none of my young life. I, last time I remember seeing my dad, when I was young, was like in the third grade. My goodness. And I hadn't seen him no more outside of prison, outside of anywhere until 1997. So you're listening to Avaristo. He's with Darkness to Light Ministries. He's mm -hmm. going to be on our podcast uh, eventually as well. He's All a great right. friend of mine. I met him early on with Mike Barber as well. Uh, so you listen to him talk about it, talk about a woman that he wants. Now, I tell people all the time, make a list. If you don't write down what you want in a woman, how's God going to know what to send you? That's right. How are you going to know if the devil sent the woman? <laughs> you know, if the devil sends you a woman and you don't have something, she's got to be a Christian, she's got to go to church, she's got to be, you know, this, that, and the other, she's got to be this tall, I want a tall girl, I want a short girl, whatever you want, write it down. Because if the devil sends you, the devil's going to try to send you some wrong women. 
Hey, you know that's what, you, right. You too, know what man. I mean? And and if you don't have something written down to compare that woman to that the devil sends you, you're gonna think that's right that it's from God. She may have one or two, but you may have a deal breaker on there. Mm-hmm. A deal breaker might might be she she must be a Christian. Well, if if the devil sends you one that is exactly the height and the weight and the color skin and eyes and everything you want, but then she's not a Christian. Yeah, you got to match it up to that list. So. Did you have a list? Did you follow Avaristo's advice and and sit down and start praying or, or asking God for a particular type of woman? Uh, actually, I I had no idea. I you know what no, you wanted. Huh? I had I I knew what I wanted. I knew that I wanted. I needed. I for some reason in my mind, I just I just accepted Jesus into my heart. You know, and this was in uh two thousand and two two thousand. Matter of fact, it's the same year two thousand and. 10 in February, April, man, I was in the hospital. I was in the the hospital, the Huntsville Hospital. They yeah. had taken me from the unit to the hospital because I was biting myself, mm. man. I had, I was biting myself. I had, I, like, I was full of the legion, legion, truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly. I understand how he was biting himself and cutting himself and in a place by himself in the tombs. Right. That's how I was. I wow. was, and, 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 and just like they used to try to do to him, lock him up to help him, they would do that to me. To protect you. Yeah, so, protect I, was, you from so, yourself. so I was chained up and locked wow. up. And what they wanted to do, they wanted to spray me, man. Mm. Can we spray him? And and that was doing, and I was full of hatred. Like I say, my mom, I felt I hated her. I felt she hated me. I don't think I did with her. Smoke crack, yeah. and she left. It was my dad. He never was around. My my people, man. I was third class. I was a third world citizen in any place that I went. Me wow. and my brother, wow. because we weren't favorites. We didn't, my mama didn't have any money. And we, we, we were what people call bad children. Mm. So everywhere we went, no matter who was around, we were the end of the end. And I hated wow. that. Wow, wow. So, so, okay. You meet Charlene what year? In 2010. And how did you meet her? I just got a letter. Hey, man, her and my mom was at a doctor. Her and my mom had never met. And on this day, and my mom used to go, like I said, my mom was going back and forth off crack cocaine. This was in 2010. And she was back and forth. So her and my mom was at a doctor. My mom spoke to her and asked her, would she write me and my oldest brother? Wait, 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 wait. Just random strangers at the doctor's office in the waiting room. Yeah. And she wants her to write her two sons. Yeah, yeah, because she talked to my wife. So your brother was in prison too? Yes, sir. He's still there. Still there, okay. So so she talked to him, and my wife's a minister, Charlene. So they start talking, and as my mom, she hears she's a minister. She's like, my sons could use this. Will you write my sons, both of us? So the address that we used to write my brother, you know, when I was locked up and for a while before he got shipped, the same address she had, it wouldn't work. Hmm. It was she tried, it wouldn't work. Right. She couldn't even find him in a computer. Wow. And so mine, and since it was closer, she's from Huntsville, since it was closer to win unit, she held off. But as she this is the story, as she was cleaning out her purse, she seen the piece of paper with my information on it, and she was gonna throw it away. What didn't allow her make what didn't why she couldn't throw it away, she had given my mother her word. Mm. And her being a Christian, here's God in it, yeah. can't lie, not lying, can't lie, but won't lie. She wrote me. Wow. And from that, 
That was February. I got that letter like the week before birthday. So now, what, like, now, what is that letter? How does that letter read? And you're well, you're reading it, and she's what does she tell you? I just met your mom. It's the, the last fight office. I had. <laughs> no, was one, no, yeah, that was one. Of, that was one of the last fights I had. I got that letter, and and, and, and the letter like, hey, how you doing? I'm. My name is Char- Prophetess Charlene. Now here, this is what happened. I was just starting to believe in Jesus Christ. I had a lot of stuff that I didn't believe. You know, I had a lot of race issues. I had a lot of a bunch of issues. Now, di- now at this point, had you already had an encounter with Jesus and you were on the right track, even though you probably weren't fully was, changed in your mind? Were you on the right track at this point? I or? was just starting. Then you got so you the just, very yeah. beginning. Okay, this was this was oh right. What is the year I was going to prayer? A matter of fact, I would go. I'd be playing not gambling or whatever. They call prayer call. I stop gambling, go to the prayer call and pray, and then go back. That's where I was at. So yeah, there, gotcha. what, there you go. Right. So I get this letter. It say prophetess. And me, I was young in my faith, so I, I was having problems with prophetess. I ain't. Yeah. I don't want no crisp. Christian mumbo jumbo in my mind that's what I said yeah and so I was reading the letter but I've always been kind of sharp with my thinking and what happened I was like nah uh uh-uh that's the devil right there how can I (laughs) for real it was just like that it was just like that pastor we had a guy named pastor Alan Abney used to come to the wind unit and he was teaching us about being a man and he was just showing us hey if certain things how they go and as and I was in a gang for 20 plus years yeah. I was in the gang for, and so I knew if I was in the gang and I talked about that gang, something wasn't real. And that just clicked how, if I'm supposed to be a Christian, what I'm talking about, Christian right. mumbo jumbo. Right. And so it just made sense in my little mind. I was like, uh-uh, that's the devil. I knew it. <laughs> I didn't know how, but I knew it. And so she said, I don't want no relationship with you. I just met your mom and she asked me to write you. I wasn't going to do it. But I did it because... I had to keep my word. Wow. And over time, obviously, grew into a friendship, and then eventually you're married to her now. So when did y'all get married? Man, that year. It that was crazy. Listen, 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 listen. I understand. And just like and me, I didn't. I was like, uh-uh, this is crazy. But when first seen her, I wanted to sit up straighter, man. You got to look. I was I was thuggish, rugged. So how, how quick after that letter did you put her on the visitation list? Uh, like, I went, once I found out, listen, I was so, my mind was so messed up. I didn't even recognize that she was from Huntsville. Like the wind, you know, you're just like 10 minutes yeah, away from yeah. here. So, but I was just, you know, my, my mind and the last, I had a fight that day. I had, a, I had a fight that day. The last fight I had in prison when I got that letter. And, and it was, and I, and I could see what was happening. Yeah. Like I say, Pastor Abney had told us, and I could see that something was going on in my life. I wasn't spiritually mature enough. Couldn't even understand. Even the people around me, they were more like, I knew he was going to go back that way as opposed to maybe he's got a struggle in his life. So I was basically by myself in that, man. I was yeah. floundering, man. Yeah. Wow. All right. So you married her. So y'all just said, what, what's your anniversary? July 25th, the day after the day my after. birthday. You just said that. Yeah, okay. So happy anniversary as well. 10 years, man. Ten Praise years. the Lord right there. Wow. Listen, nobody counted us in. Nobody. Wow. I met her in prison. I've been in prison. All, all the age differences and all that other stuff that people say, that was against us. Even, yeah. in, even in her mind, man, yeah. nobody nobody saw what's there. Nobody saw So when you when she gets out, when I get out, uh, when you when you get out, um, was there any kind of 
you know, you've been out what two years, three two, years, three years now. So was there any kind of that first year kind of a, like a, an adjustment curve? Cause you know, you've been, you've been married mm-hmm. and you, you know, you were probably doing married life really well with you on the inside here on the outside, but mm-hmm. now you're both on the outside and you know, you've got stuff you've got to do for parole, you know, that might inconvenience her life, her time, her schedule, whatever was there that first year. It's almost like you're a brand new couple when you first get out. That's true. Um, and I just know all that because of talking with other like Reggie Hicks and mm-hmm. him and Michelle went through the same thing. They got, they got married while he was in prison and their first year out, you know, was there was an adjustment and they're and they're doing awesome. Was there an adjustment for you? How did, how did, um, you know, now even for the single men to get out, there's an adjustment, you know, but when you add a spouse into that to talk about any, any of your challenges that you may have run into that first year. One of the biggest challenges after I was out like for a month and 11 days, uh, one of the, one of my sons, sons through marriage, stepson, uh, he stabbed me seven times, oh, and what, and that was from you know they used to do anything, you know they would you know take advantage, and 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 me, I want you know I want I, and you unless you if you don't change what's wrong, it'll stay there, and eventually you'll be drug with it, either doing it or just drug behind it because it's steady happening, and so you know I on my birthday July twenty fourth. I, I hadn't been out but a month and 11 days. We went to eat and we came back and one of those sons, he wanted to act up and, and I, he used to could do anything, you know, and I'm not enforcing it like, hey, hey, I'll run this. I'm like, hey, listen to your moms. And, but that didn't happen. He ended up getting a couple of knives and, you know, and, and we was out there. It was the two sons and me. And I tell you what, man, God protected me. God spared me, man. I had stabs in my head, mm. in my back, and what he was stabbing with, it broke. Wow. It, right? And so that was the first biggest challenge. And, and and that challenge came from the way things were being handled here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we had the, you know, mother's love. Yeah. They And so that was that. That was the biggest one right there. Yeah. So, you know, you you grew up not having a really good role model as a father. Mm-hmm. Um, but you looked up to them, him, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't, he wasn't really leading you the right way from what I understand. So talk about your childhood a little bit and how, you know, and did, did the way you were brought up have any effect on, you know, maybe how you acted as a teenager when you first started getting in trouble? Oh, yeah, uh, I grew up, my mom, you know, we lived in the projects. We, most of our, all of my mom's houses, except the ones that were in the projects, we didn't have no lights, any lights. We didn't have running water. Wow. You know, I would stay, me and my brother, we would stay with my mom, my dad's mom, my grandmother. Now, wait a minute. You know, you're 47, so you're you're close to my age. I mean, growing up, you're in the 70s. You know, 70s and early 80s. What do you mean you had no lights and no running water? Because we had lights and running water in the 70s and 80s. Oh, Why didn't you? My mom, she would use the money to do whatever she was doing with it. You know, food. Instead of paying the bills. Yeah. Unless we were getting free bills in the projects, we had to go outside and turn the water on. We had to use candles. We were always using ice chests for refrigerators, coal oil lamps. And so, you know, I started stealing early. 
I started stealing early. We had nothing. And, you know, I don't even, we would even, my mom, we would go and my mom would tell us to bring her this or that back, you know. So that's what, and I started doing that and that's how I started surviving. That's how I started, actually, I guess, living. Yeah. Now, when was your first brush with the law? The very first time I was 10 years old. With eight, nine, something like yeah. that. Got me, caught stealing? Got caught stealing. Me and, and we had a funny looking little crew. It was me and my brother. We were the same age and we had two Hispanic brothers, Steve and Eddie Sauceda. The two, they were the same age as me and my brother. So yeah. it was like two little black guys and two little Spanish guys. And, and we used to go steal. And they was our brother. So you had a crew at 10 yeah, years old. You had a crew. All right. And so you got caught. What happened? Anything? Did you get punished? No. We went and my mom Did the came. police officer try to even do like a scared straight yelling at you or anything? Oh, yes, sir. They took <laughs> us to the jail. They took us and put us like, you're going to be in that cage the next time. But we, we were already, at that time, the truth about it, they wasn't nobody scared of jail. The yeah, truth, man. That's yeah. that was, They used to tell us, y'all going to the penitentiary. Y'all going to jail. People used to tell us that. So, you know, at that time, we had been bad for a while right. already. So stuff like that didn't even bother you? No. You were already planning your next heist, huh? I was more afraid of getting a whooping from my mom. <laughs> and it was a contradiction because if we got caught, we would get a whooping. Mm. But she would tell us to bring her something back. Man, that bread, that bread hate has stayed with me for years, too. Mm. Mm. Wow. So now, when was the first uh, time you... you you went to jail or got in trouble for a long time. Was it, you uh, said, I think, teenager, 16? I was the very first, before that, it was like January 1st, 1989, and I stayed from, I went to a drug treatment facility. This guy was chasing me to kill me. And my grandmother, an older guy, they, like I said, my aunt and my uncle, they knew I would try anything. They took me to this guy's house that didn't play any games, and they let me go in his house. Wow. And he found out. And he knew who they were, so he was at shooting at them, and I was at my great grandmother's house. So my uncle called the cops to spare my life. January first, nineteen eighty nine. That's when I got locked up, and I stayed until April of nineteen ninety. Wow. Now, was that end up being just a misdemeanor, probation, or? Were- they sent me, they gave me uh, like a juvenile probe. They sent me to that. Room. Oh, yeah, because I mean, you were still in high school at that point. Huh? I, I, I stopped going to school in like 19 junior high. Yeah, I stopped eighth grade, eighth grade, eighth grade. Eight grade. I didn't have to go to school anymore. Gotcha. Like I said, I was on the streets then. I was actually living where I could. I had my great grandmother's house, it was like 12 people. Wow. In a three bedroom, I actually literally probably more than that, but at least twelve people. So you stay there if you could. Yeah, you know, like I say, me and my brother, we were on the on the challenge side, you know, mate. And so we wasn't. If you can get in there, you may be able to stay. Wow. So, when did you catch the the charge that sent you to prison for a long time? I got this charge nineteen ninety seven. After I got out of prison, I did six years from 91 to 97. I got out in May. I got locked, got this, got locked back up in July. And I caught this charge while in the county. I stabbed an officer and escaped from the county jail. I, I had cut my wrist, cut yeah. my leg down there. 
you know, I had a, a crazy plan. Like I read that book, Hannibal Lecter, where he cut his face off wow. and escaped. So I had blood. I cut all my wrists. I cut mm. everything. I had blood. So they thought I cut my face off and they took me. They took me and I had, I had a, a weapon mm. that I made in prison, in the jail cell, in the lockdown jail cell. And I went, and when they came, they gave me stitches in my arm, and on the stitches in my leg, they just put a bandage so they could put the shackles back on. I did that all with a state out of you know what out of a daily bread. Hmm. I had a staple. I was using a daily bread, and I was cutting with a staple. Wow. And, and and they took me to the hospital, and I heard, and I and I could hear something. Don't do it, but I heard. Do say the devil would tell you. I heard the favorite song that I used to listen to. I was like, that's my sign. And instead of the officer taking me on the inside of the garage, you know, to shut the garage bay yeah. door so we could just be there, he parked on the outside. Hmm. And I was thinking, there's another sign right there that I could go. So I end up stabbing the officer uh, sometimes, and. He chased me and he he wouldn't stop. So I told myself, either I'ma be free, I'ma die. And so a guy came behind me in a Ford Explorer, and I ran and I couldn't get away. I told a girl to put a gun at the corner. Oh man! I almost made it to that corner. I don't know if that gun was there or not. Thank the Lord, I didn't make it to that corner. So anyway, I was right by it though, and this guy got behind me. And so what I did, I said I was gonna die. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna go back to jail. I ran out and I put my head right up under the tire. I just dove on the ground and it stopped. And I could lick my tongue out and touch that tire. That guy stopped. I mean, right there, right so there. So you were, you were just trying to kill yourself by having him run over you. It was over with in my yeah. mind. And so, and I did, and I didn't get ran over. I opened my eyes. Yeah. And wow. I stuck, I stuck my weapon in my neck. I stuck the weapon mm. in my neck. And by then, the guys from the county jail, the the sergeant, he's the guy. He knew me. He's like, man, what's wrong with you, man? And and so then, all the officers were there. The officers, and you know, the place where I'm from, they weren't. Nobody smiles on that. But looking like me, doing what I did. They told they told the guy they like you go with the officer, and they told the officer they say you killed his. And so mm. now I you know I my I was scared then mm. then I was scared I was telling this guy man please don't leave me, please don't leave me. So now I'm locked up. You know I go back and they hurry up and send me to the county and I hurry up and go back. I end up getting I had my I had my first. Put charge when I went in there. I had possession. I got eight years, and I end up having turning that eight years into a thirty-year sentence. Wow! And you did most of that, huh? I did twenty-one years, eleven months, thirteen days on a thirty-year sentence. Wow! Wow! Uh, did you ever get affiliated? Yeah, uh, before I, I was affiliated when uh, I first before you went in, you when were I first already... when I first went to state school TYC, that's when I became affiliated. And you just stayed caught up in it until um, 
until you, you gave your heart to the Lord? Yeah. I, so, I, so let's talk about that. Was there a moment? Was there a, a season, a time? You know, you talk about already that you said you were just barely saved when, when you got that letter from Charlene. You know, so let's let's talk about how how did you have an encounter with Jesus and how did how did that come about? You know, talk about that. Okay, I spoke a bit about when I was biting myself. Like I would always get to a place where my my life where I would just blow up. I would hurt somebody. I would I would hurt. It would it would it would happen. And I and my myself how I felt about me. Nobody loved me. Couldn't love. I was gonna die in prison. You so know, so low self esteem, anger issues, anger issues, and uh, I Inse- mean insecurities, all insecurity. sorts of insecurities, okay. identity situations. I had all, and, and you know, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a man, but I have nothing, nothing to hold up to. What no, is a man? Nothing. To I had no standard. You, you know? Yeah. Nothing. And man, I had nothing. I left my mom out there on drugs. I left a, my daughter out there. My daughter, before I ever was able to touch her, she was six years old. Yeah. And then the next time I seen her, she was grown. Hmm. And, and and so, what happened? I was biting myself, and I went to the psych unit. And I actually try to talk to them to get them to understand what was really going on with me. But they only see, well, you trying to get out of a case right. or you trying to do something. So, And I know what I look like. I don't look like, you know, I don't fit the bill for the guy who may have some mental issues. I don't look like him, you know. And and so, and plus, I, I speak rough now, but then I was even more rough with my, with my speak. I, I yeah. didn't know nothing. So, so, and I, so they said, and I put... I took the staple. I had seven staples in my arm. I took one of them out, took them by six of them, four of them, and I filled up a cup with blood, a little styrofoam cup, and they seen me. And to help me, what they did, they locked me up five-point restraint, man, with no clothes. Wow. And, man, I felt helpless, man. Wow. I'm telling you, man, I felt helpless. And then they say we know what Now, you- when you say five-point restraint, both hands. Both, both hands. Both feet. Both feet with a weight a thing your around your waist so you can stay only thing on you is a towel you move anyway tie towel slipping if it don't slip down there by your hands you can't grab and they had this to protect to protect you from yourself yes sir and and because they said i was fake and they say i put a little blood in the cup and put a lot of it with water so that's gonna break me from doing so you're that. fighting your demons your demons are winning and they think you're just faking it to uh to get out of something my cry for help like legion yeah my yeah. cry, so and so, and that right there, that's been my whole life. Nobody ever wanted to help me. Everybody got their own mind on me, and so I hated it. So as soon as they let me go, I got me a razor. Man, I did it, I, and I was, I was, it, I lost so much blood. I was in. They put me in another little isolation cell. I lost so much blood. I was trying to, I was trying to drink water, and they say if we can find one spot of blood on that floor. We locking you up in that five-point restraint, and you'll stay there until the bus comes get you. That could be anywhere from a day yeah, to a month. Exactly. And and so I, I was trying to get the blood up, and, and, and man, I was weak. I was weak. I, I Have you ever know, seen somebody die in that area right there when they lost? That's how I was. I was trying to hold, get water, and hold myself up on a little toilet sink thing and get the blood up. And, man, and I just— I, and I was able to get most of it up with my sheet. And I just laid down. I said, God, they're going to let me kill myself. And that right there, 
That right there, I acknowledge God in the other part. I didn't know this then. I'm just telling you what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. I said, God, they're going to let me kill myself. And who going to take care of my mama? She needs some help. Because mm -hmm. my mom, both of my brothers, my little brother, they took him when when he was 10. The people took him because my mom was on yeah. drugs. We know nothing. We knew nothing else about him up until 2017. But all that time, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, man, God, who going to be there for my mama? And I went to sleep. He got. I'm, I was able to rest. They didn't come lock me up. The next day, I went to the shower, and as a guy, and you know, it's a lockdown, so it's rowdy back there, and it's the psych unit, so you ain't no telling what you hear. <laughs> yeah. And I asked a guy. I say, man, you got something to read? And I was looking for some kind of porno or anything, any kind of that stuff. And he looked, and he got a bunch of stuff, but he gave me a Bible. He said, I got a Bible. And he said. You want that? I was like, yeah. So he gave me the Bible, and you know, and I was desperate. I wanted to read. God had yeah. me in this place. I didn't know it, but right now, I never told nobody to this. He had me in this place, and a certain what I was, I was cut off from everything, but that Bible. And when I got that Bible, Jay, I can't tell you what I read, man. But when I got that Bible, shoo, 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 like them words was going in my head. Wow. And I'm telling you, man. From that day, man, that right there, from that day. I said, okay, and I started trying to change. I started trying, and man, and I hate it. I hate it. I had to tell the God to help me to learn yeah. again. Yeah. Because I was living like an animal. I was on automatic. And I had to, when I tried, when I found out, I had to read and learn the scriptures. I knew how to read, but I had to apply them, so I had to know them and understand them. And I started to ask God, God, show me how to learn. And that was humbling, humbling, yeah. humbling to even admit that I, I I I let myself go in such a way, man. I, I was basically living like an animal, man. Wow! And thank the Lord, He blessed me. With Do you that. remember what day that was? April eighteenth, two thousand and ten. Hey, I'm gonna give you some dabs right there because April eighteenth, two thousand six is when I got out of prison, <laughs> and the same day I got married yeah. as well. And, and so. Uh man, the eighteenth, something about the eighteenth, and then number eight is due beginnings. Yep. But um, but man, wow, what a moment! I mean, what a moment of you just crying out to God, Him not letting you kill yourself like society, like the people that was watching over you was gonna let let you kill yourself. But He reached out to you, caused you. He saw your need of rest. That's he right. knew He knew you needed some rest, relief. From the demons that you were fighting, physical rest, and so that was interesting to me when you said he just he let me sleep, Amen. you know. That's and when you happened. and when you woke up, you know, the first thing you did was eat breakfast, the Bible. That's right. <laughs> and and you you ain't stopped eating yet. And and I've seen I've seen you grow just by even getting to know you when you first got out. I mean, I saw you grow in prison every year. I came back to the win unit. I got I had the privilege of seeing you guys how much stronger you were than the year before. Amen. And so I got to I got to witness that, and I even got to see you dance on stage in prison, uh, dance offs and stuff like that that Mike Barber used to do. But man, I got to I got to hang with you a little bit. At the Wind City Warrior reunion, Amen. Uh, first, first ever. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember who all Reggie and some other people put it together, and everybody came and and I didn't get to stay in fellowship, but I got to stay uh, for the first hour and a half and worship with you guys. That's what we do, man. Oh, th that was so incredible to be standing there singing to God 
with all you guys Amen. that I used to watch in white. And I used to watch y'all worship in prison and think, man, this is what it's all about. But then when I see you worship it outside of prison, I'm like, this is what it's all Amen. about. Too. That's what's up, right? <laughs> you know, because we don't stay. We don't stay in our prisons. We get set free. Amen. You know, and even though you were set free spiritually a long time ago, when you got set free from the actual physical prison, you know, that's that's an amazing feeling. And to watch you worship God the way you did that day when we were all together, you know, the Wind City reunion, Wind City Warriors is what they call that. That that was pretty cool. Um, but to see all of you guys, man, Richard, brothers, man. Richard, Paul, uh, so many people there just hanging out. I mean, I I got to see Reggie when he first got out because we, you know, he was a earlier guest on the podcast when 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 he first got out. But but man, to see all you guys, to see Lloyd there, oh, that's man, my that brother, was, that right was there, good man. to see Lloyd, man. <laughs> God, we're gonna get him on the podcast one day because God God did so many things for him in prison, Amen. and uh, just just an amazing. Amazing story as well, but talk about what that meant to you getting together with all those guys. I don't know how often you've seen some of them. I know you see Lloyd quite often, but I don't know how long it's been since you've seen some of them. But talk about that day where you were just hanging out with guys that you used to do time with. As far as, I mean, I'm telling you, that's one of the best days of my whole life, man. To be in my brothers, and, and, and you got to see it. It's It's never just free money with me all good you know god work on me in all my situations and, and, and i had to being around all my brothers man and we wasn't all the best of friends right right well all of us we didn't all have togetherness all the time but we all started believing in jesus christ at the win unit we all started growing in jesus christ at the win unit we all start becoming who we are in G in, in jesus christ at the win unit and, and we seen each other mistakes we seen each other's what we was doing that wasn't no mistake and and, and, and we judged and and we did all that but to see my brother see we're free yeah. The free night. We don't we don't have that bondage of uh of 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 looking down at each other right now. And it was beautiful, man. It was. We sang. I, I took a picture and I think some other people did too, but I took a picture of one moment when Richard was up there and Richard called everybody up to do a dance competition, but it actually turned into a, a praise a praise break that's right you know you start talking about doing the little chant that y'all did and then it turned into just excitement and praise and, and at one point richard was like almost speaking over you guys because you guys were all hugging in a circle and i and i grabbed that picture because it was just amazing and then richard talks about you know how you guys were enemies yes, you know sir. racial enemies you know gang enemies at one point and um you know and so to see everybody there, man, uh, is just incredible. Um, talk about maybe a mentor or two in your life and how important it is to have mentors, not only when you're going through those prison times, but even now when you get out, do you have a mentor that you, you, you talk to, you reach out to when you're going through things? Yeah, I've got mentors, the same ones. You know, I've got some new people that I met out here, but the people, Sally Hensey, She's from the House Church, uh, Warden Pittman, Pastor Donald Wells. He's one of the volunteers that used to come into the wind unit. He helped me grow because who I am as a man, I'm not, I'm not really 
And, you know, I'm I'm jokeable. I like the stuff, but I'm kind of square biz. I want to get stuff done that need to get done. Yeah. And that's how he is. So he helped groom me. And all my brothers, everybody you name, Reggie, Hicks, Paul, and Lloyd Parks, Richard Rich, Reese, every one of those guys you've seen in that picture, they have helped me grow. And, and that's why we have to stick out. I, I reach out to the brothers. We don't all talk, but I do know one thing. We all grew together and, and God formed us, you know, and made us as a as a unit. And no and nobody, there's no group like that. No hope. Well, everybody yeah. is out no, and together. Right. There's no you're group. Right. And so God was telling me, he was telling me, he's like, man, if you want, we always want to be a spot of something special. Serve and get in there with your brothers how you can because that's special. And that's what I think when I think about my brother. Like, man, my brother's special because God told me that's this. Right. You one of us, man. That's you right. one of us. We seen you. We were there with us. You was there with us, man. And you would talk to us, man. You reached out to us, man. And you would love on us. You helped us work. You did stuff when when we were outcasted with our families. When nobody was there for us, when it was just us, you were one of the ones who was there. With us telling us to come on with God, so you too, man. You want you was there. You one of my brothers. It was a beautiful day, and all the brothers that I talk to, they say, "Hey, that's what we needed." Cause you know, there's nobody like us. Yeah. We're the only people yeah. like us. Yep, that's true. So when you made parole, how did you find out, and what was going through your mind? Oh man, I got a FI one. My wife. She she called me. I used to call her, so I called her, and she was checking it, and she said FI one. But before I got it, I was worried. I knew God I felt God spoke to my heart. I was gonna get FI one with no monitor. Wow. And so when I was working out, I used to work out with Tim Jordan and Edward Lilly, and we used to all work out. Say we working out getting FI one bodies, <laughs> and so. And nobody, for those for those of you who don't know what FI one is, it's the best parole answer you can get as soon as because that possible. means that means there's no as soon as they investigate your home plan and they approve it, you're gone. And so thirty days or less, and and that means no program, no nothing. And so FI one is is the best answer you can get. Amen. So so when how'd you find out? How did so she tell you? And, she told me on the phone. And she said, "Sweetie," she was laughing. I was like, "Oh." So you know, thank the Lord. And I already knew, and it was just we just first soon it was prayer, right there. She was oh, crying. Awesome. I was thanking the Lord, and so few people who know me, and you know, I try to keep my stuff. I, I'll tell you when I'm ready for you, but I gotta enjoy this one right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And so, but they already seen you. They like, what's going on, Junior? What's up? like, hello. So all right, man. And so I found out I got an FI one, and the two dudes that I used to work out, they left before they had gotten FI ones. Wow. Also, so what we spoke and what we were back, we all got it. But between that time, I was like, oh God, did I do right? Was I am I gonna get an FI? And he was it was simple as this. He said, Did I tell you? Are you trusting me? Wow. It was simple as that. I say, yes, Lord, you told me, I do believe, and so I got to trust you. So when I the doubt would come up, I would shake my head and make that noise. I believe in God. And I just held on to it. I just held on to that. And even my wife, you know, I've been locked up. And, and, and you know, she feel like when people get locked up, when you get out, you run crazy. She wanted me to have a monitor. <laughs> she wouldn't admit it. She wouldn't admit that, but she would rather me having a monitor because I would be more manageable, yeah, containable. Yeah. But the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, it's so interesting. 
uh, I've been doing this transitional house now for nine years. And I've watched so many people come through with so many different crimes and there's really, it almost seems like there's no rhyme or reason why they put the monitors on some and why the others don't get it other than the favor of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that doesn't mean the people that are on it aren't getting favor. They get favor in other ways, but, but I've just, I've seen, I've seen some people that get out and they're not on monitor, you know, they tried to put Hicks on monitor, but they went out there and actually where he first paroled to, um, was his dad's instead of his wife's. Mm -hmm. Well, if he'd have paroled to his wife, he would have been on monitor. But because of where his dad lives, there ain't no reception at all. They tried a couple times to put the ankle monitor on there and couldn't get any reception. So they were just like, forget it. And he ended up not being on monitor. That's how it was. And because and he felt like he wasn't supposed to be on monitor. Mm -hmm. And so eventually he, you know, they just said, forget it. And he wasn't. And so, you know, we've got, you know, uh, guys, Mouse, Mouse wasn't on monitor. And I've seen three or four guys before him with the same crime, the same amount of sentence. All were on monitor, yeah. you know, and he didn't get, he didn't get one, you know, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Let me ask you this. Is there a verse or a passage of scripture that from the very first time you were reading and they were jumping off the page to even to today, and, and there may be two different scriptures, maybe one back then and one today, but is there a passage of scripture that you, that you've hold on to no matter what you're going through in life that always brings you up when you're down uh, gives you strength when you're weak, you know, and just overall helps you hold it together spiritually. My number one all-time scripture, scripture I knew before I learned Psalms 23. It's my first time going to state school, and it become my life scripture. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That right there. It say, let your light so shine before men. So anytime that I'm doing something, I got to see how does this glorify God? How does this, and, and that help me with making my decisions. If I make a decision that's bad, that's not going to glorify God. That's not going to draw nobody to God. That's going to push people away from God. So that that's like my boundary, not, to, not in such a way to do something that people can see, but not doing those things yeah. that make them see God and in a different light. I want people to see what God did Amen. in my life. Amen. Now, one of the ways you do that is you, you have a little radio show, uh, or, or I guess it's a YouTube show, right? Uh, what, what, what is it you do? Where's that air? Oh, we've got a, we're on the radio store. 104.9. It's, it's actually radio Huntsville, Huntsville okay. radio So you're on station. the official radio station. Yes, but then sir. Don't you video that and yes, sir. do it live or on your YouTube channel or something? Do you have a YouTube channel? Yes, sir. What's, what's the name of it? Uh, my YouTube channel is Elmer Lockett, just E-L-M-E-R-L-O-C-K-E-T-T. -T. And what we got there, we've got the broadcast from the radio. And anytime I feel God has impressed the word upon me that I could get out in that area right there, you know, that it's not just for a specific person. I try to get it out. And that's what I'm called to do, I believe. Amen. And and you 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 come with it, man, because I've I've listened to a few of them and uh and I and I, I walk away, you know, feeling better. Praise <laughs> praise the Lord, man. Well we'll put that on our show page, uh a link so that people can listen to that. But tell us again on the radio station, where can they hear the Hear you it can, live. You can hear it live at 104.9 The Hits, Huntsville, Texas, KHVL. That's the radio. You can get the simple radio. Is there app. a time that that comes on? From I'm on. We're on the radio every first Sunday. Uh, matter of fact, Lord willing, we'll be on the radio this 
Well, this coming Sunday, which will be the first Sunday yeah. of August, but every first Sunday of the month from 8.15 to 8.30, and the name of our ministry, you know, it's basically me and my wife, you know, God the head, we're the co-founders, and it's our God's Army Ministries. Amen. Amen. I love it. And that's love what it. that's what we do. And we also right now we're trying to right now we're trying to I've, I've got a devotional book that I'm trying to I'm in the stages of getting published right now. Actually, I just got a I got a formal I got all the stuff on my phone because I do a daily devotional Monday through Friday. And you know those things is and and since I'm so simple, God used me use pictures to help me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I that's figure good. I can Use those Amen. simple things to help some people out with. Amen. Now, have you been able to go back in yet? No, sir. I've I've been a man. Because COVID been, hit, right? And then you weren't able to go in. Or I've been having trouble with getting approved from my PO. She told me I got, first she said I needed people to call. Or they called it. Then she said I needed letters. I've got letters. So I'm just waiting. But it's all on right. God's yeah. time. And yeah. It's all it's good. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Let me ask you this. If there was a movie that was made about your life, what actor would you want to play you? Uh, I was thinking about you. I was listening to you this morning <laughs> when you asked Shannon that. And you asked somebody else that. I'm going to tell you what, the, what he told that first guy a couple weeks ago. Me. There you go. Me. I, you go. I, I would play mean. I, I don't believe nobody can tell my truth as I could tell it. That's good. That's good. I like it. All right, now real quick, um, tell us who your favorite NFL football team is. My favorite NFL football team right now is Kansas City Chiefs, and for the reason why Pat Mahomes is from Texas. There you go. That's period. Go. That's it. All right. At least you're not a Cowboys fan. I mean, I ain't I ain't hating on the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm from if Kansas City ain't playing, I go with whoever Texas is playing. <laughs> whoever Texas is playing. Against. I don't know uh, if you saw the picture that I put on the the last episode with Shannon. He's a huge Cowboys fan. But we recorded it in my room at my man cave at the house, which has a big Steeler logo. So I made him do the interview in front of that big Steeler logo. Oh, yeah. So that was pretty funny. But listen, Junior, I appreciate your time, man. Um, I I love what God is doing in your life. And I'm so glad that, that he didn't let you kill yourself like those guards were going to. I'm so glad that that he gave you the rest, that he gave you the word. And that he continues to to feed you, to nourish you, to supply you with everything you need. Yes, and, and we're gonna pray and prophesy that 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 the doors are open for you and Charlene, doors that only God can open and no man can shut. Things un, undeniable, abundantly, super abundantly above all you can ask or think or imagine. Things that are gonna happen to you guys as y'all move forward in the kingdom. Amen. That, that 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 you're just you're gonna be blown away. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to be surprised by God because we know how good he is, but he loves to blow us away. That's right. You know, even 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 if it's we already know that he's gonna give us above all that we can think or imagine. So that challenges us to think and imagine big. That's right. But even then, he still blows our blows our minds and blesses mm -hmm. our socks off. So we just pray favor over you. Last thing, this this podcast is is airing in prisons and jails all across America. Speak to the inmate and just give them hope, give them encouragement. Uh, because I know I know one of the other episodes spoke to a guy in county jail 
who was going to prison for DWI or manslaughter or something, and he heard one of the episodes about the, the dad who a son got killed by a drunk driver. And he said, now I have the hope I need to make it through my next chapter, which is prison. I know some your story, the the Jesus part of your story is going to encourage somebody. So just speak to speak to that 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 population. Hey Amen. All right. What I would tell the brothers, because we are all brothers, is don't give up hope. No matter what, no matter how it's happened. That's what I call myself a hope dealer. I used to be the other guy, but now yeah. I'm hope dealer. I want to I want to give brothers hope. I want I want I want to. And look at us. Look at me. Look at Reginald Hicks. No matter and the embarrassment. You got to get from under that stuff that you feel that's embarrassed. That's I've good. done a whole bunch of things that kept me embarrassed, but regret and embarrassment that keeps you in bondage. You cannot go forward if you can't. Don't tell all your stuff to everybody, but speak to somebody. Okay. Get some stuff off your chest, and when you do that. God will minister in your heart and, and no matter what you've done wrong no God can't forgive you right. God will forgive you if you just seek him and I was I was dead I, I was a dead man walking I was truly dead but God spared me right there so and, and, and listen that's only what's bad for you that's telling you to hurt yourself that's only that thing that'll keep you where you at that's telling you to hurt yourself so don't hurt yourself seek God and, and, and the brothers that's really trying and nobody's giving you a pat on the back. Nobody's telling you, boy. you keep on trying because God waking you up every day. If he wakes you up that day, that means he is okay with you. So you keep trying and don't give up. And brothers, y'all grab hold of each other. Sisters too. Everybody, if you seek and go, really, truly, just grab hold and say, you know what? I'm going to give it my all. That's what I did. I was in that game and, and, I, and I gave it my all. And I asked when I got saved, I told God. And that's what we all need to do. I was real for that, and it was against me. I need to be real for God because he is with me. And your action right there, once you tell yourself that, you can wait. If you're doing as you should do to help you or doing what you used to do, that's hurting you. Stay strong, brothers and sisters. Keep hope. And don't allow what's not happening good for you or what's not happening for you. Don't allow that thing right there to stop you from going. That's good. Amen. Amen. Junior, thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your heart, your story, your passion. And uh, we're, we're so proud of you, man. Thank you. Praise the Lord. That's all I got to say, man. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank Amen. the Lord. It's only him. All right. All right, man, what an interview. You know, I really love I love going to interview men that I got to that I got to watch grow in prison. You know, I mean, we we have the transitional house where we got guys that come to the transitional house and I see them grow out here. You know, but they're not in a prison environment out here. They're in a they're in a a safe place, you know. Yeah, there's going to be accountability and different things, but they're in a safe, a safer place than where they were in prison. Yeah, I know now they have faith-based dorms, but you know, from what I hear in prison, even faith-based dorms, you know, you might find the occasional, you know, contraband and different things. But I really thoroughly enjoy seeing men that I've gone into to prison to minister to grow in the Lord and then and then get out, and then I get to hear hear their story. You know, and, and man, Junior had some things that he had to overcome. I mean, he admitted that, you know, that, that he felt like he had legion in him, you know, 
And we know Legion is a thousand demons, but man, he overcame them all by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb that was shed saved Junior, even though Junior was trying to shed a lot of his own blood and get rid of and get rid of his life. You know, but even even in even on his apparent deathbed, you know, he's like, man, they're going to let me kill myself. And then who's going to take care of my mom? He was thinking of his mom. And even the way he mentioned his mom wasn't really that good to him at some point. You know, I mean, she was telling him to steal things for her, but then getting getting on to him for stealing things. and Just a crazy, crazy life, crazy story. But at the end, you know, he, he says, he says, no matter what you've done wrong, there's nothing that you have done are doing or will do that will disqualify you. I know a lot of people out there to say, Oh no, I don't know if Jesus can forgive this or Jesus can. I don't think he can forgive that. Well, no, that's you. You can't because you're human and you don't have it within you to look at that person in their sin through God's eyes. But God sent his, his son to die for junior, to die for me, to die for you. And, and right now, wherever you're listening from, I just want you to know that God died. God, God's son, Jesus Christ, died for you and your sins, whether it's the sin of gossip, whether you're a worry wart, that's a sin too, or whether you're, you were labeled a murderer, sex offender, um, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, no matter what you've done. God's word says that that he sent his only son to die on the cross to take away the sins of the world. And then all you got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, died on the cross for your sin and rose. And you know, now he's up there interceding for us. He's interceding for you during your moment. You, you, your moment may not look like juniors where you're, you know, taking staples out of a daily bread devotional and trying to cut yourself. Your story may look like, you know, sitting in front of the TV crying because you're depressed and all alone and, and nobody loves you. And, you know, your, your cutting may look different than juniors. But we all have a human response to the things we're going through, the people that hurt us, the things that are said to us. We all have a a human response. But God has his response. God sent that, that person, that person. God assigned that person with those books for that day to be there for Junior. He didn't even know what he's looking for. He thought maybe he'd just look at some porn or whatever. But that guy said, out of all the stuff he had, he said, how about a Bible? And Junior said, okay. And the, and the words, listen, whether you've been saved for years and you're what we call a seasoned Christian or a complacent Christian or a comfortable Christian or you or you're just getting saved, at some point, that word of God should jump out of the pages. And just like he described, shoo, 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 shoo. And just grab you. And grab you. And if it doesn't do that, when you read his word, ask the Holy Spirit to help 
that help it do that because he will. He will. I want to thank Junior again, man. Junior, thank you and your wife for uh, for providing us, you know, with the time to do the interview. We love you, man. We believe in you and, and your ministry. And we want to lift you up in prayer right now. Father, in Jesus' name, by your Holy Spirit, we lift up Junior and Charlene, and, and we lift up uh, we lift up his whole family, uh, all his dogs. He's got a lot of dogs. Lord, we thank you for the ministry. We thank you for the radio show that they do that touches lives. Lord, we thank you for their marriage. Their marriage is one of just unity and, uh, and kingdom, kingdom living, kingdom thinking. And so, Lord, we thank you. We pray we pray an abundance of everything they need in their, in their marriage, in their family, in their ministry. We pray, again, that you open doors. We pray that you close the ones that they don't need to walk through. Give them wisdom in everything they do. Lord, be with Junior. As he grows in you, as, he, as his family grows, be with Charlene as she comes alongside him. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for placing that man at that time for that moment to give Junior your word. Thank you for placing people in our lives. Lord, I lift up the listener to you right now. The listener who may be going through something similar as Junior was, fighting the demons inside them, whether they're a Christian or not. Demons still try to attack us Christians. So, Lord, I I lift up the listener to you right now. Whatever they're going through in their head, in their heart, in life, I pray that you give them a rhema word right now. You give them a rhema word that you are here with them. That you have a plan for them. A plan for for them to prosper, not, not to harm them. Lord, I thank you for that person listening right now who needs you, who needs you and, and wants to pray that prayer right now, the prayer that says, God, I, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins. And he did that. I believe that that happened, that he was buried and rose again after three days. Lord, I believe that whoever just prayed that prayer is saved. And I thank you for them, Lord. Lord, I ask you to protect all the inmates out there. Protect them, Lord. Give them wisdom. Give them hope. Lord, even the ones that are not in prison, give them everything they need to get through this day, even some of them the next hour. Some of them are going through something right now that need you in this hour, whether it's a midnight hour or the first hour of the day. Lord, they need you. Be there for them. Be there for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We can't wait to bring you the next episode next week. So if you're able to check all the pictures out of Junior on the show page, we'll put the link to his Huntsville radio show, 104.9, in the YouTube channel. And uh, be looking for that devotional book that he said he's going to be putting out. So thanks again. We love y'all. Remember, 
Your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.